Hey, remember to subscribe and follow my podcast so when I release a new episode, you get a notification. And follow me on Instagram. Yes, King Oliver. I am very active on there. Have a great day and enjoy the episode. Nature is the most amazing thing to do on the planet. It solves every problem. It makes you feel fantastic. You get exercise, you feel connected, you get light, you get sun, you feel it's just the ultimate goal. It's where we've come from and it's where we're not going. It's where we need to go every day. Like everyone just sits in an office working all day and we need to be going out with nature. It's it's like it's almost like you can't choose not to drink water in a day. Right. It's as as important as water and sleep. And yet it's taken for granted. We work all day. We're too tired to do anything. And we go back and watch Netflix and sit on our ass. And yet that's why everyone's getting depression, because we're not balancing our energies out with nature. I couldn't agree more. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm actually I'm quite blessed uh, in in this current climate. So um, obviously right now we're in the midst of the global pandemic for the coronavirus. Um, but I happen to be in a really beautiful place. Um, we've got, uh, there's a lot of land here. There's a really huge yard garden, um, actually trees with stone underneath them to that we could sit, meditate, ground, that kind of thing. It's really, really great. Um, do spend, I mean, to be honest, uh, I do spend quite a bit of time indoors still working. Um, when I say working though, it's it's more growing, like uh, um, I've shifted my whole life. So, you know, like you said, um, we spend so much time at work and then, you know, we're usually pretty exhausted. I know my life before I came here, um, I'm actually in the UK now, I'm from the United States. Um, before I got here, I I worked, let, let's call it eight hours a day. It was fluctuated because I was in technology, but I had about an hour commute each way. So had really long days. And you're right. When I got home, I just wanted to relax, eat, um, chill out. Even when I did go out, it was, I would go to the gym, come back, never really going outside. Um, and, and actually not really fluidly understanding how important that was. Um, nature, energy, connecting, all that kind of stuff. Um, it wasn't until I, I did discover that and started actually making shifts in my life that eventually what brought me here was quitting my job and pursuing a completely different lifestyle. But it's definitely part of what I do now. I mean, every single morning when we wake up, it's yoga in the morning, um, usually a walk outside. And then I'll go through some teachings and learnings and whatnot during the day. Um, but then the evenings is another yoga practice. And I try to make sure that I get outside before the sun goes down because <laughs> it gets cold here in the UK. <laughs> yeah. People, they either have a physical job and they're really, really tired at the end of it, or they sit on down on a chair. And from experience, you get so tired sitting on a chair like if anything you're more tired sitting than on your feet all day because being on your feet is natural it's part of nature sitting down like that isn't part of nature that posture is not part of nature and you're all cramped up and all the blood supply suppressed and your muscles are stiff and your joints are all cramped like you're gonna feel as soon as you start to move your body's gonna be like what the fuck is going on like I'm not used to this like I'm used to be I'm used to sitting like you know that and you will get you will find that it's harder to do exercise after you've been sitting down and yet it's the thing you actually need to do afterwards like people go to the gym after office work uh, they feel so tired um it's just not part of nature to be sitting in that position. And like my, my dad came home from work the other day. He was, he was driving for like five hours. And he says, we're normally going to walk after 
after like you know late evening for like an hour or so and he was like oh I'm, I'm knackered my back aches I'm like your back aches because you were sat in a car for five hours and actually when you walk it mobilizes your back like it gets the blood flowing the 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 all the lactic acid it frees itself like walking is what you need to do when you're tired from sitting down yet we feel so tired we don't want to walk and then what do we do we go and sit on the couch it's a vicious or lay circle. down <laughs> yeah it's a vicious circle that's what i lay down most more time than sitting because i know how bad sitting is and um it's for me it's walking or lying yeah it's funny i'm kind of the same way actually uh here it's um there's, there's like a mental shift between, uh, so I'm, I'm here with my girlfriend and she can't lay down and work. Um, like she'll fall asleep, uh, especially if it's lay down in the bed, like in the bedroom, can't focus because like, like this is not the place for that. So me, it doesn't really matter where I am. Um, and most days when um, I, I was in the States working my full-time job, um, when I would work from home, most of the day I was laying in bed with my laptop. Um, and I don't know, it wasn't actually a conscious thought for me. It was just, I don't know, maybe more natural, maybe more comfortable. Um, didn't seem to affect my ability to think. It wasn't like, oh, I'm laying down. So now I need to go to bed. No, it was just relaxed. And for me, actually, it was a lot more about being pain-free. Um, I actually injured my back when I was 18 years old. So there, since then, there hasn't been a day in my life that I haven't lived without pain. Um, so it was a lot more about that. Like when, when I can feel no pain or very, very little pain, I can finally actually concentrate on what it is that I need to focus on. So I don't know. Yeah. Like <laughs> if, like, if you think about how many offices there are in the world and how many people are in the corporate mindset, like black and white suit, must wear a tie, must sit up straight. Like people will be so more productive if they have the ability to lie down. Like, or I do believe, you know, because I've always pretty much worked from home. I do believe that it's important to have a shower as if you're going to work and then go back mm -hmm. to the bed. You can't yep. just sort of wake up, grab your laptop and sort of just drink your tea whilst working. That's that's very toxic for the mindset. Uh, you need to get up, do your teeth, get your clothes on and then lie into bed, make your bed, then lie in if you need a place to lie down. Um, because it's so much more comfortable when you're lying down. It just is, you're in a relaxed mindset. So subconsciously you're in a relaxed state. So you're not stressed. Your wrists aren't fucking up from like sitting on a <laughs> desk all day. You then have to have your back straight all the time and slouching, your back's flat. I mean, you know, there's a lot of offices that are including plants and like safe space and sleep little rooms. Uh, they understand the importance of that, like ping pong tables and pool tables. They're starting to understand what makes an employee better, like getting up an hour later. Um, so coming in at 10 rather than nine. Just simple stuff like that. If you give your like employees more control just to get up an hour later to go in an hour later, that more productive they will be. Because somebody on seven hours sleep versus six is a huge difference. Um, yeah, is everyone's like everyone's a robot, but then people are realizing roboticness is is not helping, and you need to give some people some form of freedom and control, which is all this wolf yogi stuff is about about the mind and the body as well. Combine it together, and you just find happiness. And when you're happy, you'll want to work. Yeah, it's it's such a strange dynamic. Like I notice even the people that are they're teaching in in wealth yogi. Um, they seem like they work so much, so much more than I used to work. But it doesn't really feel like work, um, at least not on the same level. I mean, it, it kind of does because you there's things that you need to get done, things you need to learn, uh, skills you need to practice, whatever it is. 
Um, and it can go on into the night, midnight, one. We've been up till 2 a.m. Uh, I know one of the other Wealth Yogi students have been up till 4 a.m. making calls um, because people all around the world are applying for sponsorships for um, a multitude of, of Master Shree's programs. Um, but I know, like, for me uh, in the past, the way kind of what, what brought me here was um, like, I think, so the sleep thing, just to touch on that real quick, that's highly variable based on the person. Um, and I don't, there's no one specific thing that I did for my own sleep pattern. I just noticed over time, like when I was very young, when I was teenager, slightly younger, even into my early twenties, um, I needed a minimum of nine hours of sleep or I could not function. Like I could get up earlier, but I was a zombie and I would just grunt my way through the day. Um, even though I had a full-time job, the, the biggest challenge for me and what, <laughs> what I used to do, um, even in my first job in IT was, uh, I had a, I had a very large geographic area and it was a, it was like a home base kind of, you know, like the main office. And so if nothing was going on, that's where I had to be at 8 AM. Um, which is another thing I think is hilarious is I hear this a lot in the UK when people talk about jobs and they say the nine to five, the nine to five, the nine to five. I don't know where the fuck you guys got that concept, but in America, it's way more than nine to five. <laughs> nine to five would be such a luxury in the U.S. It doesn't exist unless maybe you're a bank teller, but even then, that's probably arguable. Um, but uh, I used to I used to try to make sure that at the end of the day, uh, if there were any any tickets or service calls or something like that that I had to attend to, they were at branches that were as close to home as possible. Because they didn't open until nine until nine o'clock, and so then I would just let everybody know, "Hey, I'm going to be at X Y Z location in the morning," which really just meant I get two more hours of sleep. That was the whole point. Like it was, it, and it wasn't about dodging work or being less productive. Because actually, there was me and one other guy, um, and the two of us had the largest geographic area in all of Florida. We, the two of us, produced more work than four, five, and six man teams did in smaller areas. So I knew that it wasn't like I wasn't really being lazy per se and, and not being productive. But so young, I had no concept of that. Exactly what you mentioned, like being able to sleep more, come in later, work your own schedule on your terms, like how much more productive you can be. Was I actually at work less hours? Yep. But how was that? Like I was getting more done, but I still had to hide the fact I had to essentially lie and and fool people into what I was doing or believing what I was doing because I wasn't at work. Yet at the end of the day, the production was still there, except if anybody had known what I was doing, that was somehow unacceptable. And I mean, that that mentality kind of continued throughout my career, no matter where I went, because I, I, I left there, I shifted on to um, another full time gig two years later. And then after that, there was a huge um, the, like the housing market bubble burst and I, I was forced to shift into contract work, which was a beautiful thing because it totally shifted my mindset. I had, I had been brought up, uh, like in that, that be a company man <clears throat> mentality, you know, stay somewhere 20 years, whatever, and put in your time and get your retirement, your pension, whatever. <clears throat> and I saw very, very quickly that that didn't actually exist in my reality. And so I was forced into this zone that I had been programmed to be scared of. And when I got there, I was like, oh my gosh, I get to actually operate exactly the way that I wanted to, which is work to hours that I want to work. Yes, I had to adhere to their schedule, but if I wasn't there, they weren't paying me. So no one cared. So I could come in an hour later. 
I could leave an hour earlier. I could get the same amount of work done. And technically, yeah, I was making less money than I could, but I was making more money than I did. <laughs> so I noticed that this huge shift as, as I just, this just me, my personal experience going through the working world. And then eventually, um, and I honestly, dude, I had a great job. I mean, a really, really great job. And I didn't think it, these things existed. Um, I, I was a network architect. Um, I had worked there for four years. It was a, it's a private company. Um, the benefits were fantastic. And I don't mean just simple like healthcare and that kind of stuff. I mean, like they would, every month there were different reasons for them to throw parties at work. Um, and like you mentioned, um, like they had actually built us a recreation room that had a pool table and a ping pong table and couches and massage chairs and stuff like that. Um, which is a, a great step in the right direction. But the reality of that was it was sort of a facade. No one was ever really in there. Because everybody had to work too hard. The expectation was so high that you were always there. So like you could spend your lunch hour there or after work you could go there. But it wasn't very often that people were actually in there. And then when they implemented that system and folks started taking advantage of it, they actually punched out the whole center of the door and put glass in it so they could come and see who's not working. And I'm like, well, then what's the point of this thing? If you, if you build it for the employees to unwind and de-stress, yet every time they're in there, they're stressing out that someone's going to come by and tell on them that they're not working. Uh. <laughs> What's the point of that? <laughs> yeah, that, so, comes down to, that comes down to a boss just wanting money, 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 money. Mm-hmm. hearing this thing about okay well if employees are happy they'll make me more money but then he doesn't understand the psychology of it he just sees them in there playing and having fun whilst he sees empty desks and he sees them paying them like 20 grand a year coming at the bank and he reverts back into that pattern so the difference yeah. is that you understand why you're doing it versus just like doing it because you saw it um and that comes down to kind of <clears throat> understanding yourself if it was you like I find that there's a difference between a businessman and an entrepreneur an entrepreneur like creates and just keeps creating a businessman went to uni he's part of the corporate world follows a boss and has a boss above them and they just follow the chain of command so um if it's in an office he's really not an entrepreneur he's a businessman uh, his job is to get most profit make sure people are working if they say put a pool table in he puts a pool table in but then if he sees them play too much pool and having fun he hears his boss saying you need to get them back to work and so he doesn't understand because he's not an entrepreneur but I've always worked for myself and the ability to get up when you want is is fantastic I don't believe that you can truly be happy and free and enlightened unless you work for yourself it's impossible to work for somebody else getting up at a certain time having to go to bed at a certain time just constantly on your feet being told what to do at a certain time it's not possible because your energy is going out rather than going in obviously you need discipline and schedule and routine when you work for yourself that's important otherwise you just get up at 10 and lay in bed and go on your laptop and have a nap and then sort of think well i'd rather i normally stop at four but i'll just stop at nine because i'll have a nap for four hours it's just you need to imagine that you're in an office but you're working for yourself um, and you will truly be happy forever because when you're happy your energy is higher and you um put more energy out there to get back what you want so you're working for yourself you put more calls out there more clients coming you're positive it keeps coming back as you said you get more money when you work for yourself than for the company because when you go for the company you're stressed you're you're tired your energy is low and so you just haven't got any energy to bring more you can't even haven't got what you need at the moment working for yourself you've got 
all you need for the moment and you've got all this amazing energy going out and bringing stuff back and so working for yourself is the secret to happiness however not everybody can work for themselves it's easier said than done you need to have the brain Mm -hmm. to know what the fuck to do without somebody telling you and fortunately unfortunately you're left with 99 people 99% of humans who don't know what to do unless they're told and the 1% do so it is easier said than done well and and I, I believe I mean I I don't know that I can legitimately back this up with fact, but I believe and I have always believed that, um, that we're, we're essentially programmed from birth to be that way. And it, it, it uh, like, I don't know how it is in the UK, but I, just my analysis of growing up in the States and, and watching how things go in America, um, one of uh, something that, that I didn't hear about the book uh, Think and Grow Rich until about two, two and a half years ago. Um, and the first time I went through that, the first thing that just leapt out and really resonated with me was um, Andrew Carnegie's assessment of what a great thing the Great Depression was. Um, and, and he was talking about the school system and the, the wonderful motive and idea behind it, but the fact that it had one glaring, like massive problem that was going to be and unless you fix this, it's only ever going to slowly get worse. And that's the fact that it's free because no one appreciates anything that's free. The more you pay, this is something that master says, the more you pay, the more you pay attention. And that's the reality of it. And I think that now after so many generations have gone by this expectation, even entitlement of free education. Now kids are so complacent. They hate school. But they don't even realize the school system is programming you to be that corporate automaton, to be that I don't know what to do unless you tell me what to do, to believe that you're good if you do a good enough job and somebody says attaboy or gives you a raise or gives you promotion or a title or whatever. Like those are the things that they program you to be happy with. And it works for a certain period of time. And I would say close to to my age like people i would say it works effectively into their like mid 30s mid 40s before they wake up and realize you know i've done all this and i've received all those accolades and god damn it i'm not happy like something is wrong with this system and that was essentially what what spurned me on to start paying attention to start being open-minded fortunately i just came across a coach i don't believe that i mean i believe it was delivered to me but it was the right time for me i uh, I was open-minded enough to listen. I was exposed to the secret, um, the whole concept of energy. Um, and it was difficult for me, like in IT for 21 years, very logic-minded, very skeptical-minded. So some, the concept like that is completely foreign to the way that I am and the way that I think. But it really just came down to one thing. I asked myself one thing as I was watching this. After it was done, I thought, I really don't, Like if I ask myself if I believe this, obviously the answer is no. So the question isn't whether or not I believe it. Am I going to choose to believe it or am I not? So what happens if I choose to believe that this is all real, the law of attraction and that everything is energy and everything is energy is everything. If I choose to believe it and it's bullshit, what changes? Nothing. But if I choose to believe it and it's true, what changes? Everything, (laughs) everything, and everything has changed. 
And as I started, it was just, it, that was my first step. Literally my first step. Now, did that make me an instant believer? No. <laughs> I was, of course, still skeptical minded. But as I stepped through this and I started seeking teachers, I was first exposed to Bob Proctor. And I know for some that really resonates. He's a great teacher. He's the greatest to them. To me, as hard as I tried, didn't work for me. For me, I, I heard that guy tell the same story over and over and over and over and over again. It was his beginning story. He never gave you any details. He never gave you any meat. He never even pitched. He never even tried to sell. He never said, and buy my course and I'll teach you how. None of that. It was just, this, this book changed my life. So I read the book seven times. <laughs> because he told me there was a secret in the book, but he wouldn't tell me, you have to figure it out yourself after reading it enough times. So I kept on going through the book. I don't think I figured it out yet, but I don't think it matters. Because he led me to others. Um, the, the, the next one that resonated with me most was Abraham Hicks. Um, but honestly, like at that time in my life, it was really, really emotional and I, and I got really depressed. That was too powerful for me. Like it re resonated too deep in my heart and there was so much pain that I really, I kind of, I, I shifted away. And that's when I found Master. And just the way that he is, the way that he speaks, his honesty, his truth, like, and that he just gives everything away. All the information that I was looking for was free. I ate it up. I would come home two, three hours, being watch YouTube, learning about all things energy, meditation, um, you name it. I did it. And I, would pra I started practicing it. From there, amazing shifts in my life. I mean, absolutely amazing. Like meditation led me to a vision of seeing myself on a mountain. I knew it, where it actually was. So I traveled all the way across the country. I climbed that mountain. <laughs> Um, I wish I could show you actually the picture of what was on the top of the mountain. It was absolutely amazing. Like it was just, it blew me away when I got there. I was like, oh my God, this is exactly where I'm supposed to be. It was almost like someone had built kind of a mini Stonehenge up there. But the mountain that I climbed, there's no path to the top. There's no like, you've got to be really, really determined to want to get to the top of that mountain because it's pretty sheer and there's lots of, um, uh, the rock is not solid. It's it's all little pebbles and stuff. Like, it's treacherous to get up there. Um, I had this amazing experience. There I gained clarity. I carried that with me all the way off of that mountain. It lasted me, I'd say, about three days. The next day I flew home. Um, I was truly changed. And it, that was actually, um, that was November 30th in 2018. I got home. One of the lessons that I had learned from Master via YouTube was that um, thought, speech, and words all hold vibration. So I had, I had fine, I finally had the clarity to know exactly what it was that I wanted, because most of us, and again, I, I kind of speak within the framework of Americans, but most people I come across as well, we're all programmed to believe what we want. Like we, I want more money, I want more time. Right? But do you really? I mean, that's a really obvious answer. There's, those are no-brainer yes kind of topics. But what is it that you want exactly? Do you really want a lot of money or do you just want time freedom? Do you want enough money? Do you want a house on the beach or a house in the mountains? Or do you want to be in a high rise? Like, what is it that you actually want? So I, I had that revelation before I went to the mountain because I was like, oh my God, I, I thought I knew what I wanted, but I really don't. So when I came back, it was three things specifically. 
Um, so the first thing that as soon as I thought it, I wrote it and then I spoke it out because I was looking for every advantage I could, man, like <laughs> vibration at all three levels. <laughs> um, first one was that I wanted to learn how to make just as, and I was very particular about the words that I used. So one of the many things I learned along at that point in my journey, um, that I wanted to learn how to make just as much or more money as my annual salary online so that I don't have to be slave to my job. The second thing was that, uh, that I would meet, that I would attract my perfect partner. Like I said, that was November 30th. December 2nd, when I got home from, actually it was a Sunday. I think I got home from the gym that day. Um, I saw that Master had gone live on YouTube with his brother Hero and that Hero was running a, a, a digital marketing program to learn how to make money online and that Master was going to sponsor five people. Um, it's actually a really, really interesting story, like from start to finish, how that all worked out. But I'll fast forward through all that and say, uh, skip to the part where I was one of those five. Um, so right away, like of the three things that I wrote down, one, bam, started happening instantly. Um, December 16th, that was actually a really hilarious day. Um, it, sometime in the summer I had, I had jumped on a, on a dating site and it like I, about a month, month and a half in, I got tired of it. I was like, these women are crazy. I don't, <laughs> I'd rather be alone for a while. Like if this is going to be like this. So, um, I just kind of checked out that December 16th. I got an email saying, Oh, Hey, it was the site. Like you're going to auto renew. And I was like, the fuck I am. I'm no way. So I log in. <laughs> <laughs> I logged in and I started deleting everything off my profile to save it because I know they'll just regurgitate that crap and act like they got, you know, like I'm real or something. Um, so I go in there to do that and make sure that I cancel it because I don't want to make do it. And I had five messages. And one of them, I was like, I mean, three were pretty attractive women, I guess. But like one of them, I was like, oh, wow, she's really pretty. And like she had sent me a message. So I was like, I'll just check right before I go. And I clicked on it. And I, I was literally blown away. Like there was this full paragraph and it had um, like proper grammar, capitalization, punctuation, <laughs> sentence structure. I was like, holy shit, she's got a brain. <laughs> this is amazing. So um, I did something that I've never done before, which was I was just honest with her. I said, hey, look, this is the situation. Like I'm, I'm out today. If you're comfortable with it, here's my phone number. Send me a text or call if you want. But I'm... I'm, I'm gone. Um, she did nine days later on Christmas day. We had a first date. It was 10 hours long. She's in the other room right now. She's the most amazing creature on this planet. I can't believe that someone like her actually even exists. Like all of the things. And I was very specific. There were 37 specific things I wrote about what would make up my perfect partner. Within a week, she had knocked out 33 of them. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, I can't believe this. Um, so there was the second one. And then um, I had received a phone call about uh, being in Miami for an event on January 5th. January 5th was the day I actually, like, in, in physical presence, met Master Shri. Um, the third thing that I wrote down was that I would work with him and become a great leader one day. 
I've spoken on his stage twice. I've quit my job. I'm in the UK. I'm in Lincoln with him. Uh, I've been to his house collaborating. I've, I, 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 I'm actually, I think this would be the first time that anything is actually being said kind of publicly, but um, I unofficially right now part of the team, but Christina and I are actually taking over one of the business funnels for speaking. Huge shift in life, man. Nothing I ever would have thought of. Like I didn't write down, oh, I want to be a speaker one day because I don't think a lot of people would believe it. Like I don't even say this to anybody because it's kind of master's story. And um, I don't want people to get the wrong impression and think that I'm just copying his template or his story to because it works for people. No, it's not the case. But the reality was I was super shy. I was a really shy guy, like especially as a kid. And slowly over time, I never saw myself as a speaker, public speaker, stage speaker, even like this podcast, be on camera, like all that stuff. I used to be like, no, 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 that's not me. In fact, I think from about 13 years old till in my late 30s, <laughs> there's probably a dozen pictures of me that exist. <laughs> I, I didn't even want to be on a, behind a camera, you know. Um, but yeah, it's just it's it's it was such an amazing journey, and it's not even over. Like you know, I'm I'm still actively in my third manifestation, and so many things uh, keep coming, like all this opportunity, um, and that's I think something else that that a lot of people need to to know, if even if it's just this, um, and it's it's kind of a Richard Branson quote. I don't remember his quote exactly, but it goes essentially something like um, when an opportunity presents itself, say yes and figure it out later. Um, but that's like, that's a teaching that, that master gives and something that I have taken on and you just get used to saying yes to things. Like, I don't know where this is going to go, but yeah, I'll do it. Yes. I'll try it. And for me, it was like, okay, yeah, I'll coach. I'll speak. <laughs> is it scary? Heck yeah. But when you bust through that, it's amazing. Like, the amount of lives that I've impacted already, people I don't even know. I mean, I've called people up because they've applied for uh, sponsorships on, on some of the master's programs. I could literally leave, well, not right now because we're in lockdown because of the pandemic, but <laughs> when that's over, I could leave here, quit everything I wanted to do. And I could travel around this world, like all the connections that I've made with people. I've been invited to so many places on this planet. I could probably spend the next two or three years visiting people. <laughs> it's amazing. Uh, <clears throat> so what I will say based on that is my next step on my vision board is to be hired to speak at an event, multiple events. So my next step is, so the first part is putting my knowledge out there in the form of podcasts. The next step is somebody will come across my podcast and be like, holy shit, I need you to speak at my event. You have got knowledge brain fucking energy like you have a story and they'll fly me out and i'll speak at the event that's my next step on my vision board and um you know i, I go on a long walk i have a shower i meditate and i say it's coming i'm you know like at some point they'll reach out to me on instagram they'll email me youtube somebody somehow somewhere i don't know when who when how might be you who knows will be like hey <laughs> i'm looking for speakers i've, I've listened to your shit you're fucking good, man. When can, can you schedule a video call? And then they 
ship me out, fly me out, whatever. <laughs> and I speak. And then that is the next stage of my life, doing speaking events, mi- mixing with people, also other speakers and other people. And then you do that event and then you do that event and then you do that event. <clears throat> and the end goal is to have my own speaking events where I put my own production and speak like run the show myself, basically, you know, hide the venue, get the tickets in, speak on the stage. That is the end goal. But you need to get your name out. They need to get a following, you need to get money to pay for your shit, which comes from the speaking. And then you end up paying, say, <clears throat> 25K for a, a big event. And then you put it on yourself. But that is my end dream. But it's interesting how my next stage is a speaker hiring me. That's that's, that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> All right, so I'm gonna have to target you um, in my my next ad campaign. I think when we when we shape up the speaker funnel. <laughs> no, listen, like you know, what's amazing about you know Bob Proctor? He actually was somebody who I obsessed with in the early beginning stages. Like I listened to all of his videos, literally the one where he's got the whiteboard and the brain and the paradigm and the A to the B, and then you fall. I. I've always been somebody who's been too far forward in life. My dad's always said, slow down. I've mm. always been too far ahead. I jump in and figure it out fucking never because I'm always focusing on to the next bit. So I'm the complete opposite of extreme to what most people are. Most people, they struggle to, to get that and then they relapse. I was always fucking so far in the future. I had no friends and no one liked me. Just doing my own shit. I'm just focusing on making it, like, just keep going. And then I look back and I'd fucking bought hundreds of domain names, millions of websites, fucking emails and passwords all over the place, ideas coming up my arsehole, right? <laughs> and then at the same time, I Tourette's growing up, right? And Tourette's is brain activity, excessive brain activity, which causes you to twitch because you're stimulating other face muscles. And the medication, which is supposed to help the twitching, which it did, it slows the brain down. But my thoughts never had answers because the medication slowed the brain down. So I tend years or 15 years of thoughts from five years old twitching till I was 21 so much thinking and twitching because I couldn't work out is there a god chicken or the egg like I can see more work for myself basically get a job can't you be normal and it was just too much and then I came across all these videos online about power of the mind law of attraction and how medication suppresses the brain meditations you know and I literally came off on medication in one night Three weeks later, my twitching stopped completely because I'd thought about all the things I couldn't think about growing up as a kid. And I was in a meditative mindset for so long that I had the ability to make my Mac turn on. I could make lights flicker. I could I had magical powers. I could because my energy was so strong. It was interfering with stuff. My TV would click. I'd be like, should I should I do this today? And the TV would click, you know, click twice if I should (laughs) click once if I shouldn't and go. No joke. I used to make things <laughs> click and like interfere with energy sources because my energy was so strong. Medication suppressed my energy inside me my whole fucking life. I spent my whole life in my head thinking and thinking excessively where I didn't know what it was like to be aware because I was always in my head at school. Never understood anything. I was in my head, always just in my head, basically. It was like being a blind man who could now see. That's the only way I could explain it. So I had meditation for the first time ever. No voice in my head, no thoughts, no medication, no twitching. My bad acne, that went because it was the stress which was creating all the spots. I mean boils on my face, fucking Mm. boils everywhere, yeah? Three weeks, it literally all disappeared, all because I didn't have any brain activity. And it told me that everything in life, Almost every problem, physically and mentally, is based on brain activity. It's energy, right? And people control their thoughts, they meditate, and they can control 
everything. Like the brain is, I call it the source of, it, it's the chief. It's it's mm-hmm. not the CEO. It's the fucking president above. Like he controls the board. Like, you know, I can't even explain. You know all this, but um, yeah, just fucking incredible. Like Tourette, you can't cure it apparently. Um, and, and that was what I was always told. And when you, as again, you follow the system of go to school, get a job. You've got this cancer. He's got it for life. It might come back. You know, brother's got heart disease. It's in the genes. Grandfather died of a heart attack. It's in the genes. Oh, I'm going to die anyway. I'll support him. I was going to eat burgers all day. You just follow the systematic bullshit. You get medication for depression, anxiety. The problem's still there. You just can't see it because of the medicine. You have a bad leg, take steroid. You can't feel it. Oh, and then you fucked it all up because you're putting pressure on the leg. And you're fucking up the joints even more, right? And everyone ball buys into this bullshit. My parents did. They tried to get me back on the medication. And I had to learn magic to try and make them believe I took it when I didn't. Just to get it out of my system. <laughs> like in Iron Fist on Netflix, if you've seen it. Where they try and put him on medication because he has all these powers saying he's the Iron Fist. And he has to, like, spit it out at the end. Because it takes control of your brain. To the point where you can't think about, why am I on this medication? Why am I twitching? And I came off the meds just like that and everything was clear. I saw why my parents were like that. I saw my problem. I saw why the doctor was saying that. I saw the school. I saw God. I saw governments. I saw, I saw fucking everything, right? It was, I was blind my whole life and I could see. And this is the story that I'll be teaching on stage. But it's merely the story of the enlightenment process of, of, of how I was trapped and Basically, my, my aim in my life is to heal and enlighten as many people as possible, yeah? Where, like, as you said, Bob Proctor was one teacher. I'm another teacher. Your wealthy yogi man's another teacher. Abraham Wicks. They're all different teachers, and each person learns the same thing in a different way based mm-hmm. on the level of where they are in their life. So Bob Proctor resonated with me, not so much with you. Abraham Hicks resonated with you. I don't think I read his book. I'm probably listening to it on YouTube whilst I was sleeping because I have to play all this shit whilst I was sleeping. <laughs> but different people resonate different times. And yep. <clears throat> my journey and my story is just another another teacher um, of, of going through a path of like going towards hell and then realizing shit, it's only getting hotter and then turning back. <laughs> and then the process of what happens when you turn back and the older you get, the more you have to undo. So it's harder yeah. when you're older because you might have a mortgage, you might have a wife, you might have kids. You, you like, Nan's moved in. Like, fuck me. Like, what do I do? Nan, you got to move out. Why? Well, I'm, I'm going <laughs> to because i'm working for myself it's like what you want about get a normal job and that's where the problem is man you're telling me to get a job like you did and you're trapped because if you had work for yourself you'd have more money you're believing in my garage (laughs) so yeah um it's just that story of enlightenment and how there there is a way out and um you're just guiding like enlightening people you're guiding them towards i believe that you can't teach somebody each single step you can only be like the the bob proctor the me that the abraham wicks the secret the whatever your mate your mate's called yogi man they're just stepping stones that you can't focus on one to guide you they're just stepping stones and each person like branson for me and then it was russell brand and it was richard and then it was darren brown and then it was trump and all these people have got me to the next level um and that's really all you can do is help as many people as possible to get to their next stage right and it's an amazing like the most amazing feeling when you have such a positive impact on somebody's life and there i mean that alone just witnessing that is is incredible but they just pour it back like 
they're just, oh my God, you changed my life. You're so amazing. I, you know, they're so grateful for you. And, and honestly, it, it, when you hear all that feedback, it's like, I deliberately did something to help you, but in reality, I didn't, I didn't do anything abnormal for me. I was just being me, right? It wasn't like I made this decision. I'm going to do something special for this person and make them feel this way. No, you just, I kind of hate to use the term be yourself because I don't really believe in that. Uh, mostly because people don't know who them, like they really are. Um, it's funny, like so many people, like I, I just want to be me. I just want to do me, uh, you know, whatever is that. I, I want to be able to, to be myself and be what I want. Like I hear that, you know, in a one-on-one saying, like, who are you then? Like who, you, you tell me, like, what is, what is you? And if they actually have an answer, I'm like, and where did that come from? Were you born that way? Did you just come out and be like, this is how I am? No. Every single time the answer is no. You were programmed to believe that that is who you are or who you should be. Do you know who you actually are? Like who you actually should be? What your purpose actually is here? What, what makes you truly happy? Like <laughs> so many people, they think they know. Well, how, where did that idea come from? If it wasn't your own, then who are you? Who are you really? Like, who is your, what is your authentic self? Do you even know? Yeah. So like growing up, it was, you know, I truly believe that we are destined for one thing. Our, there's always one purpose, but we can dream many things. So mm. I would love to have my own talk show. I'd love to do a bit of singing, a bit of acting. But what, what am I going to be doing afterwards? It's like I go there to come back to what? For me, it's speaking, it's talking, it's teaching, it's helping, it's enlightening. Like, I was a very needy child growing up for my parents, right? Always about getting a reaction from my mum and my dad, good or bad. Oliver, shut up, or just a reaction, <laughs> yeah? I'm used to doing something and getting a reaction, writing on a birthday card, love you, mum, whatever. Oh, thank you so much. I need that reaction. So when you help somebody for free, like offered to cut their grass, for example, or when you you purposely say, I'll come around and organize your garage. I'm doing it for me, not for you. You're benefiting, but I feel so good doing something so good for you that I feel good. You always feel guilty how you're doing it for me. It's almost like psychology. Like I know if I do this, I'm going to feel really good. You think it's for you, but it's actually for me, but it's not, you shouldn't feel guilty. It's just how it works. Like mm -hmm. do something good for your parents. You get a reaction. Now I want to dedicate my life because I've had everything. I don't want kids. I don't want to get married. All I have ever known is to do good and get good back. So give to my parents, give back. Now I just want to do that for as many people as possible because I need that reaction. I need that that gratitude that, Oliver, you're amazing. Oliver, you're great. Oliver, you're so good. You changed my life. Oliver, thank you, thank you, thank you. It's an addiction. Like That's all I've ever known. My dad's saying, you're so great. You can be anything you ever want. You can do this, you can do that. He was always the best at everything. We go on holiday, play pool, play ping pong, play darts. But he was always the best. He was always winning. You're so lucky. He always wins the money in the pot of the pool. You know, yeah. water polo. I've always seen the greatest. He was the best boxer in the country once upon a time, amateur days. All I've seen is greatness. And I looked up to him to be as great. And I just want to, I don't need anything in life. I just need to just get a reaction and do good and put out there. And I am dying for my shot. I am dying my friend yeah 80 <laughs> podcasts down i know i'm one podcast away from that one call from that one person who's got that one platform who will put me on that stage right i am dying right <laughs> and i know i just have to keep doing what i'm doing i said to my dad the other day do i go into london and start trying to you know give out 
free tickets to an event and speak in Hyde Park, for example, and start teaching. He says, you need to focus on one thing. The thing you've never done is focus on one thing for long enough where it materializes. Because I'm the best at everything, right? Because I want to be the best at everything. But I get impatient. So I go on to the next thing. It's like Ty Lopez, make money online, how to become a stock trader, drop shipping, Amazon, Wealth Yogi. It was always like one, 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 one. And I realized that we always go back. Chickens come home to roost. You always go back to what you always wanted. What was that? I've always been a talker from four or five years old. I was always a kid in the classroom talking and talking and talking whilst all the other kids were just there normal reading their book, right? And uh, asking the teacher questions. Why, 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 daddy, why, why, mummy, why? Fucking why? And so what I'm trying to say is that you always go back home to who you really are. If you are a talker, you're going to talk. It's just you you do a full circle and you explore, but you always go back home. If you are a musician, you always go back to music. If you're a sports person, you always go back to sports. If you're gay, for example, you always go back to being gay 40 years later. And I am a talker and I need a reaction. And I love praise and saying, Oliver, you're, you're so great. That's all I've ever known. So by giving out, helping people, as you said, just by me being me, telling my story is enough. I don't need to do anything else. Don't need to sell any packages, how to become rich, how to do this. Just talk, tell your story. People will see that what I went through, they can get there. And you're just a stepping stone. I'd love to nurture each, take everyone along the whole journey. But I realized through trying with my friends, unless they're on that path anyway, you can't pull them forward. You let go and they relapse back. Like they just suck back. I, mm -hmm. I liked my parents. I spent three years enlightening my parents after I learned enlightenment myself. I taught them everything. My mum first for a year, then my dad for a year. And then I taught them together. I healed their marriage because they were going to divorce. I bend everything in the loft. I bend everything in the garage. I bend everything in the house because you had to start all over again because I had their problems, which is why I had my problems. And I was so aware I saw that was why I was like it. You're telling me no because you were told no. And I had to reprogram all the computers. My dad was a computer. I had to reprogram him. And then mm -hmm. three years later, I got a part-time job. Never had a job before. I'd always work for myself because I had no money. I shut my business down, right? And then like two years later, what the fuck am I going to do with myself? Two years later now, I realize I need to speak, be patient, because that's the things I've never done. Consistency and patience. Do, I said to my dad, should I just keep podcasting or should I go into London? Should I do this, do that? He says, just keep podcasting. Stick to it. You've planted your seed, water it, make sure it's got sun. Don't plant another seed because that seed will die. And it all starts all over again. That is me and my whole life starting something and never finishing it because I was just it never happened quick enough. Mm -hmm. so yeah, I'm, I'm fucking destined, not destined. I am so close to launching myself. I said to my dad, I've been a product ready for seven years. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, it's like, I don't even know where I'm going, what I'm doing. Um, That's the I didn't... fun part. Just, just not knowing where you're going, just flowing. Yes. Yes, I'll do well, that. Well, now, yeah. yeah, like now, like but that... And, you know, getting to that place w was a big deal, too, because for me, previously, all the fun parts of my life were when, in reality, things were the most boring because they were I, they were reliable and I felt like I was in control. Because when I grew up, like, as a kid, um, even when it was just, like, when I was a real, real young, single-digit kid, 
it was just me and mom and we were moving around all over the place. I didn't even know what was going on. I was too, too little to, to know. Um, then, uh, then she met my, my stepdad and, uh, about, I was about seven. So like three years later, um, I'm 10. And then overnight I'm the oldest of four and, uh, you know, whole life changed and not for the better, but it was a struggle then with, I mean, it was a huge struggle, just, just the two of us. And then, um, when she finally met somebody, it seemed like things kind of stabilized. It, 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 I don't know. Like, I guess, um, I, the things that I noticed as a child were like, before that she was gone all the time. I'm sure it was cause she was probably working two jobs and this would have been like late seventies, early eighties. So, um, not the best time for single women with a kid. <laughs> um, but for me, it was just, I was always at somebody else's house. Like, I mean, it was obviously babysitting, right? But um, I noticed, you know, when he came around that I, I got to be home more. And that meant I got to play more, like, in the way that I wanted to with the things that, that I wanted to do. Mom was around more. So, like, it was good. Like, it started to get kind of good. And then suddenly, boom, not only was I, like, thrust into all this responsibility that I shouldn't have had because I was just a kid. But we also, I mean, it was such a stress financially. We were always broke. It's always, I mean, it, that, that was a lot of stress. Um, and so I, like, I, I saw that life. And I saw so many people living it. Not, not just us. We weren't unique. You know, it was, there was a lot of people that were struggling. Um, and I knew I didn't want that life, but I had no idea how to get out of it. Um, I went... I ended up going to a technical high school to learn a skill because I knew that if I went to a regular high school, I'd be just another idiot out on the street with, with nothing, with no skill. Um, but even that was a battle. I mean, I literally had to fight with my parents to be able to go to the school that I wanted to go to and sell them on the idea that this would make me better. And they're like, Oh, only stupid kids go to that high school. And you know, this was so much resistance. And I didn't even make it through that. Like, I mean, I, I eventually did graduate, but there was such static on the end and I ended up, I ended up getting kicked out of the house when I was 16. Um, so a lot of that like learning hard knock kind of situation and, and that suffering, not just as a child growing up, but then being forced out and having to figure it out on my own that when I finally got into technology and I finally started making some money, um, those were the happy times because it was even keel like you know i made i made this much but i was required to spend this much now i spent this much because i never could before and i had all this money that like i could do the things i wanted to i could get a nicer car i could buy whatever it was that, that i wanted for my home my apartment that kind of thing a new stereo or computer games whatever it was i wanted to do i could finally do it and so those were the like for me, those were the happy times in my life. And I associated that with money, time, which I didn't really have a lot of, but what, whatever time I had, I spent doing what I wanted to do. And that was all entertainment, but also interaction. And that was the piece that I didn't really notice. Like I never, ever would have classed myself as an extrovert. Um, but you know, my Christina reminds me of that all the time. She's like, you need people, you need attention, you need like... You need to be out there like you, you need that interaction with folks, whether I'm serving 
or whether I'm just contributing or involved in something or just getting out doing something like the, she's like that's what me, you you are totally different when I'm like that my energy goes way up I, I can stay up later I can do more I can focus more because I'm engaging like I'm engaging with people um when I'm do, when I'm in that lifestyle that I just described like what I what used to make me happy right I'm really bored like I get bored and I get down not like I, I wouldn't say I get depressed but like you know, my energy should be here and usually is, and it'll come down because I'm like, I'm not, I want to be outside. I want to talk to the neighbor. I want to talk to my friends. I want to take time off and just interact with her, like whatever it is. Um, so it's, it's really interesting because like, it's just like you say, you know, you, you do, you revert back to your you, but which version of you, like the you that you programmed or the you that you truly are? Because I think I've experienced both of those in my life. And there were times when I reverted to that me that had been programmed. And that was any time I felt comfortable in a job. I, you know, like my income had gone up quite a bit. I usually relocated somewhere. So I found a cheap place to live. And I was happy. Like most of the places that I was happiest living were the crummiest places that I lived. Like an apartment, like a two-room apartment or something like that. Um, and, and barely having anything. A blow-up bed and a fold-out table. It's all I need. <laughs> put my clothes in cardboard boxes i don't care but then i've had you know the dead opposite i've had big homes way bigger even my home now like i mean it's back in the states but um my home now is way bigger than i need it to be four bedroom house and it's a beautiful home it's a new home don't need it all it's it's, it's like it, it legit I, I i bought it as an investment but also because i need a place to live and it's a nice place like don't get me wrong i'm not complaining about having it but I don't appreciate it for what it is. It's just a house. It's just a box that I live in. You know, I don't don't need all the space necessarily. Um, it's very interesting because I want to, when I die, I want to be the richest person on the planet. But I also, <laughs> no, but it's because I want to give it back. Right? Mm -hmm. And ironically, I always had dreams of like the biggest house and all the cars and the jets, and the boats. No joke. I just want to buy a bit of land and build a wooden cabin, have my own water heated by the sun. And, you know, have like you put you, you press a lever and the water comes through. The solar panel heats the water from the rain. So I've got the hot. I have a log fire. So no electricity, no gas. I have a farm full of animals, every single animal. I have all the food growing there and I live in such nature. But when I come into materialistic world, I then go on stage and I speak and I make money. But it's funny because I want to be traveling the world, talking and healing people and I'll be getting paid a load of money. It's just going to sit in the bank. I won't need to buy a big house because I'm not home when I am home. Yeah. It's fuck all to do. And why would I need a fucking 20 million pound house, which I might have for the sake of it, but you're like, why not? Yeah. My parents can live in it, but it's like, well, you work for this money, you get the big house, but then you're not in it anymore. And it, when you're there, it's just now what? It's just fucking inconvenient. It's got a Hoover, 40 rooms, cut the fucking massive lawn, which cost me 70 pound a week. Like bloody, it's like, what the fuck? I just want some land, a, sh a wooden shed, a wooden cabin, a bed. My animals can come in when they want and a log fire and enjoy good food that I won't need that house because I'll be traveling. Like, I want to be speaking in India and then being on the beach in India, going to China, Chinese culture, and then Himalayas, the mountains and Iceland. I won't want to be home. So it's ironic when you just do what you love doing. It's not about the money. 
Mm. You see what I'm trying to say? All these packages, they sell how to make money. And you go down there, you spend 500 pounds in a Ty Lopez package, and you go back because you wanted the money, which is why you went down there. But if you're not happy, like you weren't doing your tech technology thing online you're not going to be happy happiness comes from just being happy and ironically money comes when you're happy because it's not mm-hmm. about the money it's about being happy and when you're happy it sells to people and they want more of that happiness and it's just service and service is just trade trading this cabbage with this orange cut my grass i'll cut your hair that's just money and when you're happy to serve everyone and every fucking person out there you've got 10 pounds for cutting someone's hair 10 pound for the orange 10 pound for the grass 10 pound for washing the cars all this money coming in that it feels so good serving that you don't need the money and you don't need to go home and watch Netflix because you're just in service. And as you said, there's no better feeling than serving humans and them saying thank you. It's an addiction. It's the highest drug on the planet. Positive energy, charging me. I'm supercharged. Now I can supercharge you. That's the reason why I want money. Just so I can have the most pleasure in going to a London and putting every homeless person up in a Premier Inn or a travel lodge for a year, all paid outright, and just saying, come on, you, let's go. Take him to the shops, get him some nice clothes. I say, look, you've got a year to sort your shit out, because after this year, you're going to not have the hotel anymore. So you ground everyone up, you put them in the hotel, you could teach them, I'll get somebody to teach them law of attraction, whatever, and you give them a chance. And like, just, just like, fun shit. I mean, money for me is about service. It's not about getting what I want. As I said, you get a car now, what? It's about just doing good things like going into the Tesco supermarket, paying for 10 people's lunch and shopping, just for no fucking reason why. Getting a random bag and giving it to some random person in the street, that is a reaction. That's that's the fun. Throwing money in the air and everyone grabbing it. That is why I want money. Because it's just a reaction. It's just love. It's positive energy. It's easier said than done, of course, because, you know, this is not the normal type of behavior thinking like that. Like you want to be rich to give it out. And who the fuck does that? But that's, that's what I want to do. <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah. Well, and, and I mean, you know, I say I say money is a magnifier, you know, and like a lot of people, so like the vast majority of people are programmed to believe that money's bad. Um, like, I mean, I'm sure even you could finish the sentence uh, if I said money is the root of all evil. Then Why? Why isn't it the root of all good? People who people who really <laughs> want money try and take it from other people when it, they're not. It's not theirs to take, and it causes issues and problems and family breakups. And then you, you, you're nicking out the taking grandma's ring worth <laughs> two grand when she passed away. She gave to the sister, and you nick it on Christmas Day. The brothers sell it, and it just causes arguments because they're trying to take somebody <laughs> else's as well. <laughs> Um, but even yeah. that, but even that's programming. Like even that thought process is belief system, right? That that needs to be torn out and reprogrammed because money's not bad. Money's a magnifier, and it's it's hilarious because it's even worse in a spiritual crowd. Like spiritual people, um, not even so much as like uh, money's not important, but they they tend to be very anti-money. Like if you have it, you're bad somehow. No, money's just a magnifier of who you are. Like I already know what you would do if you had money. If you had billions of dollars, I bet you in a few years, you probably wouldn't have it anymore because you would be giving it all out, helping people as much as you can, which is why it's important to generate so much income so that you can keep up that positivity. And that's the thing. So many positive people, they're not actually focused on generating income because it's a positive thing. And they also, because of that, that disbelief or that, that, that wrong belief system that money is bad, 
they now associate that automatically to the pursuit of money is bad. And we're taught that too, that that's greedy and selfish and those are all bad things. No, it isn't. I quit my job to pursue this life so that I could have the, just the opportunity to blow up my income because I know that with a stage presence, I'm going to change lives. I'm going to empower people. I'm going to make a huge difference, not just for like individual people, but globally is the goal and so many people are like whatever you know pipe dream there's a million coaches and speakers or whatever they never do anything and what's so special about you everything what's so special about the people who've done it what's so special about the tony robbins and the grant cardone and the tylo it's just Pez another and... you and me but yeah, exactly. at the beginning stage before no one knew us exactly that's all it is and do you think that people told them the same thing you can't do this. You can't do that. You, you shouldn't even try it. Yeah, of course they Absolutely. did. Absolutely. It's all part of the story. It's Jesus mm-hmm. tells Monk. Monk tells Buddha. Buddha tells your matey wealthy guy. You tell me. <laughs> I tell you. I tell. It's just the same the same knowledge getting passed down. It's funny because mm-hmm. I've gone from wanting to be so rich for me to I, I'm guilty that I should be thinking about money because I have true happiness, which is what people want. And then I've gone to, well, everything trades in money and I can't help unless I have money. So I need to get back my entrepreneurial mindset of I want to be a fucking trillionaire before I die, take over everything, not because I want to feel powerful, but so I can make money to then distribute it. I have to get back into that. I can't help unless I have money to make me not feel guilty because it's true. Spiritual people realize that money is just a bit of trade. But when everything is in money, you can't serve to the best of your ability without money. So you have to make money to give out. Um, You know, Jeff. Jeff Bezos, all these rich people, mm. they've got so much money, they write a check and it spreads out. I can't see where that's going. I don't want to be, you know, this little donkey in a field needs you in Africa, give him five pounds and, you know, fucking, um, you can sponsor him. I don't, I don't care. Let that donkey die. I want to see the donkey myself, give him a carrot. Okay. I want to control the things that make me feel good. What's, what good is it writing a check? Anyone can do that. I want to go to mm-hmm. Africa, build the huts myself. I want to put those homeless people, round them up myself not get some what someone working for me to go and find them yeah they can do the program because i'll be busy doing other shit but i want to round them up and see their reaction when i put them into the premier inn that's a hotel by the way that to me that's the feeling like what's what having money unless you're gonna actually physically do it like i mean you need to feel that connection that human looking at you going thank you my friend thank you for like building this or doing this or paying for my dad's chemo or paying for my bills which you know give people a break man because i wanted a break so bad i said i've had my break and i know <laughs> how desperate i was that i was dying for somebody to see something in me i'm talking when i was 16 17 18 i believed i could run virgin when i was 18 in my head i could now i could back then looking at myself of course i fucking couldn't but it was about <laughs> my ability to lead um and um what was i going to say i forgot what i was going to say um Virgin. Yeah, never mind. We'll come back. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's about it's about that that human connection and that energy transferring from you to me. The knowledge of oh yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't my break so bad when I was younger because I've always been like this since I was like thirteen. Nothing's changed. I've only got more and more and more. That I was dying for someone to give me a shot. I was emailing Virgin, a big company, saying let me run it. 
no university degree, no management degree. Let's call it 16. Just run my own little business, my mindset. And I was like, let me run the company. Because in my mind, I could not realizing they're not going to think, look twice at some 16 year old who's just left school saying he can run Virgin. I was emailing Branson saying, let me run the company. Like I was dying for someone to see what I could do. And still, because I went off of my enlightenment and, you know, realized it wasn't that what I wanted. It was other things. And then you've got to find a way to get back into the system of money. And then you've got to think, what do I fucking want? Is it drop shipping, Amazon, whatever? And it always goes back to the basics. And I was when I remember putting on my Facebook page when I was like 16 or whatever. No, whatever. 14 motivational speaker. Because I used to teach. Taught, I used to piss all my friends off. Why are you smoking? You shouldn't smoke. You shouldn't drink. And I used to parent all my friends. And they should say, you know, you should be a motivational speaker. And I said, lecture my dad about all this stuff and how, why people smoke. And these, their societies, like, you sound like you're fucking Russell Brand and all that stuff. You should be a motivational speaker. And I put my Facebook thing, job at motivational speaker. Ironically, that was like, you know, 10 years ago. But the point I'm saying is that the full circle comes back around what you're destined to be, you're going to be, even your dreams might be someone else. My dream was to have a talk show when I started with the podcasting, but I'm realising my destiny, what would I really, really, really want to do as a choice is just stand on stage. I'll do that for free. Just speak, you know, buy me lunch. That's worth three quid. That's my paycheck. <laughs> yeah. Make sure it's Mark Spencer's, which is like quality, not shitty corner shop food <laughs> i spoke for an hour my friend just give me some fucking quality food <laughs> some microwave shit <laughs> oh man that's awesome uh yeah i um i don't know what's in store uh i, I know that it's it's going to be focused on speaking i got no idea what direction it's going to go i don't know if it's, that's just what i'm going to do uh, or if I'm going to learn that and then take that someplace else, you know, I, I don't know. I'm just, uh, I'm here now. Um, and it's, uh, you know, it's an interesting story and it, it, like what you spoke about, um, I think everybody has this, that exact same journey of like phases of life where, um, you know, from zero to whenever, um, there's a lot of, typically there's a lot of just joy in what you're doing it's all that learning you know like not understanding what hot is you know that like there's so there's so much joy in learning it's like learning 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 and then you get to that place where you want to be rich and for all the wrong reasons you know what i mean you want to be rich just so you can fuck off and you want to go party and take planes everywhere and boats everywhere and do all the exotic things that you can and, and all that um and at some point along the way for the vast majority that that dream usually just dies and then their life flatlines. Right. Um, but you know, as you mentioned, like suddenly then you, you discover happiness. Um, if there's a next phase, right. If, if you flat, like most people, they just flatline the rest of their lives. The next phase for people though, is realizing that you can be happy. And then there's the figuring out that happiness isn't dependent on money. And then that's kind of the next break, especially with a lot of spiritual people like we were talking about before, where um, they, they assume that happiness means no money, no pursuit of money, which is not true. They just, they, they've incorrectly associated that you can't be happy with money. No, you can be happy with money. You could probably be a lot happier with more of it, but just because you don't have it doesn't mean that you can't be happy. Um, and then they migrate more towards kind of like we're at right now where 
seeing the value of money, accepting the fact that we live in a world full of money and we have to wear clothes, even if they're not branded. Um, we have to eat every day. We need a place to sleep, you know, like that kind of stuff. And, and all that costs money. You, you can't live without money. So what are you going to do? Are you going to trade life for money? Because that's what everybody does. Everybody like thinks that they get paid for their time. They don't get paid for the time. It's real simple. And for people watch this podcast an hour later um, who disagree with me, start your watch, start counting right now, and then tell me in an hour how much more money you have in your bank account. You don't get paid for your time. You, you trade your life for time or for money, not your time for money. No one cares about you or your time. They want, you know, chunks of your life. And that was for me, like, I think it was the biggest driver of why I needed change. I didn't even know what the change was. I just knew I needed to change because like I was tired of trading my life. I didn't want that to be my life. But the best thing about it. So like I meet the most amazing woman, want to spend all my time with her. Can't because I have to go to work. And bookending work is a long, stressful, angry, traffic-ridden commute. <laughs> so I'm stressed when I get to work. I'm stressed when I get home. Looking forward to spending time with her, have chores to do, whatever. And I'm like, this isn't, I get home, it's not even the best of me. The best of me, those other people gave me money for. The best of me was, was over there during the day. Now I'm burned out. I don't want to do anything. I mean, not nothing, but I don't have that energy. And I don't even have the time now. I've got a couple of hours, then I have to go to sleep, rinse, repeat, get up, do it again and again and again. For what? Living for the weekend for two days? Yes, exactly. Fucking hell. Out of seven? <laughs> Fuck that mess. I, I, no, I don't like it. It, And so, and like I said, comparatively speaking, I know that, I, I know literally, I know that there are people on this planet who would kill somebody to get my job. I know that. But that doesn't mean I have to just sit in that job and be a good little lemming the rest of my life. Like, I'm just, I just wasn't happy. So I had to do something. And that was the thing for me, that was the kind of the beginning of my awakening. It's like, there's gotta be a better way. There's gotta be a better way. And simply just focusing on money, it wasn't the answer, but it was the beginning for me because I knew finances was what was going to get me out. So how do I figure out how to do that? How do I find a way to crank up my income? Because all, no one had to tell me this. I knew all that. I figured all this out on my own. I just pay attention. All of the most successful people, all of them, they were not born that way. They were born under the same similar or worse conditions that I was. And most of them did not go to college, if not all of them. Probably all of them. <laughs> Not not all of them. No, no. Warren Buffett 90, did. 99%. Yeah, I know. I don't know. But yeah, like over 90%, sure. But I like I know Warren Buffett did. I know Bill Gates did. So I mean, there's, there's a few that, who did. But so many of them did not. So many of them invested in themselves. And that was finally the thing that clicked for me. It was like, invest in myself. So that was the first, because it wasn't like, how do I make the money, right? There's lots of get-rich-quick schemes out there. None of them work. Um, but I knew that like, obviously people do it, it can be done. So how do I, if I, if I can't access those people, cause that would be my first choice, right? Was hang out with 
the Bill Gates's and the Richard Branson's and the Tony Robbins and whatever, like the guys who have crushed it and be like, teach me to do what you do. Shit, I'd give you 50% of my take for the rest of my life if you could just teach me that. Because 50% of that life is way beyond anything I'd ever dreamed of anyway. So it was, that was my first shift. Um, find a mentor, invest in yourself. Um, and that was really difficult for me because I didn't see any value in it. I really didn't. But then once I got that, find someone who actually has the results. And then for me, it was, you know, master resonated with me. And I saw those results and I saw that through what I'm learning now on my own, as far as law of attraction goes, as far as energy goes, in addition to the fact that like he's the same way, but he also has achieved that level of success and I know can teach me what I need to know to get where I want to be. Now I have both. Now I have someone that I can invest in as far as investing in myself who will share with me all that knowledge. And I do, I mean, I'm nowhere near where I need to be or where I'm going to be. I can tell you though, that everything I've invested, <laughs> it's paid off tenfold at least. And most people still can. I mean, if I'm really, uh, I'm trying to think in my head right now, I would say I'm a good 20 to $25,000 of investing in myself over time. Um, the value that I have out of that is way more than that though. And the thing about it is, it doesn't stop. It like, I don't, I can't speak for the people. I don't know what their relationships are like, but like now I have a relationship with master Akashana. I get to go to his house. I get to collaborate with him. I get to work with him. I get to train with him. And now that doesn't cost. Now I'm part of the team. So everything like it, it, the old me would have thought like, I got to find a way to become part of the team to get all that training for free. It's investing in myself and taking action on that. That got me to the point where being part of his team even became a reality. And this is just another one of those say yes and go with it. <laughs> yeah. I find that anyone can take this journey by doing two things. If you trust your gut, essentially mm -hmm. shooting out into the universe a massive antenna okay and you just have to keep going along with it and as your energy increases that antenna gets stronger you keep going forward and forward and forward until you're here you're saying yes and then you're on stage and then you're at Branson's house but what's crucial is that people forget that they've come from somewhere and you have to tidy up the mess you've got mm -hmm. to undo the knots and so you yeah. can't make the same mistake twice moving forward but because you're part of the past past things are going to come into play again so mm -hmm. it's called the patterns are going to recur and most people they try and move forward and they relapse and they can't understand why they're not getting that break so when they come back around don't make the same mistake twice if you always leave your coat on the floor hang it up if you always you know put your computer on say sleep for example and the phone and the cost goes up shut down you know put your keys in the bowl so you know where they are rather than throw them on your bed if you keep not making the same mistake twice whilst trusting your gut moving forward you literally will transition it's that transition between relapsing because it doesn't work and understanding why it's not working because you're letting the old patterns occur and that's controlling the present and you don't want to have this at present you want this at present so not making the same mistake twice 
and moving forward, trusting your gut. I remember, and I still do this now, not making the same mistake twice. And I do not make the same mistake twice. And I haven't made the same mistake twice for seven years. If I'm late, I get up an hour earlier. If I piss during the night, I go for three pisses before I go to bed. I never make the same mistake twice. Just quickly, I've got another podcast at four. Quickly plug anything. Um, so you've already plugged it. So I can just quickly go. And then we'll just continue the next few minutes. <laughs> um, I don't really know that I have anything huge to plug because um, I'm, I'm work in progress. So I guess I'll just plug... Um... If anybody's interested in like following the journey or learning more about myself, Master Shri, um, any anything about speaking, coaching, um, how to achieve any of the shifts that that I've spoken about at all, um, hit me up on Facebook, um, facebook.com forward slash scuba steve official. Um, it's pretty obvious. If you've seen this face, you'll recognize the guy in the picture. Um, and uh, I just started Instagram. Um, haven't really done anything with it yet, uh, but it's scuba underscore Steve underscore official. Look me up, follow me. <laughs> right. So yeah, so people they 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 want this like thing in the future, and they are having help. I call it a Lamborghini tied to a lamppost in first gear. You're trying to move forward, but you're being pulled back, and the wheels are spinning. Right. Mm -hmm. Not making the same mistake twice. It's it's overlooked. Like you hear business people say, you know, don't make the same mistake twice. But you can apply that to your life. Like it's an actual concept where things won't happen if, as long as you put a system in place like a business so they don't happen again. If an employee cuts themselves because they tripped on a bit of glass or tripped on a wire, you hide the wires behind the desk. If, for example, you piss your wife off because you've left the toothpaste on, then, then put the toothpaste lid on and say, look, I'm sorry about that. And, and, and you've put a system in place. People just let the same things happen over again. And those little things like hanging your coat up, toothpaste, just simple shit like that is the reasons why people, they never quite get to the light. They, it's almost like they're going through brambles in the woods to get to the ocean. And all these brambles are fucking like getting caught up in them. And they're just getting angry and kicking them and ripping themselves. You've got to cut the bramble where it's caught, throw it over there and make sure there's no brambles caught and then look forward to see if there's any brambles ahead. Cut those and then you step there and you look back, you've just got space of no brambles because you are managing your the things in the way along the way. And people, you know, they try and move forward, but you have to understand you can't just fucking jump forward after 25 years, probably more years of living a certain way. You can't just stop that pattern. It's like going to the boss. I'm working myself. What the fuck are you want? Go back to your office. No, literally, I'm resigning right now. I'm working for myself. What do you mean? I'm just going to work from home. But you haven't got a laptop. I've got a friend's laptop. What the fuck? Shut up, John. No, I'm being serious. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> um, right, I'm going to stop this now. Um, I'm going to wait there. I'll just say, say goodbye. Okay. <laughs> If you've enjoyed this episode, I have many more for you to listen to, so go back and have a look at the old ones. Also, make sure that you have subscribed and notifications are turned on so you know when I've released a new one. Follow me on Instagram. Yes, King Oliver. Have a great day.